Today's episode of the Back to Back Podcast is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimum. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to backtoback.robinhood.com. That's backtoback.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. No one man should have all that power. You got the power to let power go. Welcome to Rank and Overreact, your Power Rankings podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Wazi Lambre, who does the drip or drown style rankings on the Athletic. Go check those out as well. Make sure to leave comments on that. Make sure to share that all over the social medias. As you know, every week I do the Power Rankings for the Athletic. Every Monday they come out. Every Tuesday, Waz delightful fully reads the uh, the comments to me and then I get to defend myself to all you people who are just yelling at my hard work and call me an, a biased loser and an idiot and don't know what I'm doing and trying to snatch my job away from me so was what's the, what, what's going on this week are, are is everyone agreeing with my rankings or are we are we still we still have problems pretty contentious in the rankings contentious what yeah yeah pretty I thought I did a really good job um <laughs> Pretty contentious, and you know, this week actually does have a theme. This week was the indie episode. This oh, th- this, this episode go. is going to be the indie episode. A lot of harumping or or hand wringing about. Okay, did they? Uh, did they update lack their... of respect. Yeah, did they update their comments after losing by thirty last night? Or I don't think so. Happen? I don't think no. Okay, happened. just maybe that'll be today's bad thing. But yeah. Um, indie. A lot of people feeling disrespected by the indie uh, lack of love. So okay. you know, just be so what? Did, what did their that. nine fans say? Right. Yeah, and I'm gonna get to that too. Um, yeah. All right. So the first comment comes from Alex A, who says, "Quote: Go Cavs! Bring back Larry Hughes and Danielle Marshall for some veteran presence." <laughs> you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> oh man. Um, I. I Whenever I think of Don, Danielle Marshall, I think about how, you know, a lot of things, people talk about the ratings decreasing and all of that, interest waning and whatever. But one thing that unequivocally has gotten better is the discussion around basketball. Like, it's so much smarter and better than it used to be because there was a point where people got paid to say that it was a bad idea for LeBron James to pass to wide open Danielle Marshall at the end of games for open corner threes. <laughs> like, wide open corner threes from Danielle. Like, he basically made yeah. himself into a valuable three-point shooter um, yeah. and, you know, extended his career that way. And there were people who were carping about LeBron not being clutch and the and it being suboptimal to pass to Danielle Marshall in the corner for wide open threes. I remember that. Those were the good days, man. 
I, I'm 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 going against you. I think those are the days I miss. <laughs> oh man, when making a basketball play was a bad decision. Yes, when 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 literally yielding wide open threes was seen as an indictment of a person's character and intestinal fortitude. Zach, right, right. I'm in on it. Next next comment comes from Jonathan C. Raps fourth. I think that's pretty generous, but I'll take it. Thank you. If the playoffs started today, we'd play the Sixers. Would you pick Toronto to win that series? Are they asking if I would? Yeah. I would I would take Toronto because they'd have home court advantage, yeah. As long as the um, Sixers have Joel, I'm not taking Toronto to beat them. But without Joel in like a reasonable I mean, Mark, Marcus Saul's a really good defensive option against Embiid. Fair. Uh, like, I'm with you. I don't think you're I don't think you're necessarily wrong on this. I just I don't trust the Sixers away from the Wells Fargo Center right now. Yeah. And so if that's just one less game that they get there, like I think that that series would go seven, and I just I would take the home team. Yeah, like I said, I just think Joel is by far the best player in that series, and he's even agreed. Yeah, if he's even reasonably healthy, uh, give me the Sixers. Their defense is would be keyed in on all of the key components, right? Like walling off the paint from Pascal, and you know just letting Kyle Lowry shoot thirty footers, and I, I think they would just be fine. Um, James S says so. The Pacers beat Philly and Denver are and are significantly behind them. And you said it's because of injury, as if Indy's best player has played one single minute this season. Ugh. Nobody outside of Indiana cares about this team. Dot, dot, I mean, dot. what? That's that's accurate. Um, no one outside of Indiana it, does care do about this team. Do people in Indiana care about this team? <laughs> well, I mean, they care more that's, about the high school hoops. Right. That's that's what I was going to say. The Hoosier State. Yeah. They, they don't care about the – they don't call it the Pacer State. Right? Um, <laughs> like, I think – Look, look, I, I, I think I said this in the thing. Uh, I, the Sixers at full strength are are better than the Pacers at full strength, in my opinion. Um, like I literally I say it right there in the thing. Would make the opposite argument to me. Yeah, like, and, that, you, and that's not a knock like, on Indy. Genuinely it's make just, the opposite argument. Yeah, I like. I think there's an. I think there's an argument now. If you tell me Victor Oladipo at full strength is better than Ben Simmons, I don't think that's crazy. But I think there's a decent argument that the Sixers would have the two best players in that series. So, like, it's, again, Indy's really good. They're really, really good. The win over Denver was super impressive. Like, they're really good. I just don't believe that they're better than any of the teams above them. I'd love to see what it looks like when Oladipo comes back in, like, a week or so, whenever, or I guess it's tomorrow, um, when he comes back tomorrow. But, like, this is a this is a team that's very good, but I think they have a lower ceiling than a team like Philadelphia. And I think Philadelphia's been better, even though they lost to Indy. Like, I just think that team's better. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I know that there's a lot of Philadelphia Sixers uh, angst going on right now. Like, a lot of people, it feels like, uh, are worried about the team. I'm, I, I got to say, man, I'm not that worried. I think there's something to be said. It's not about, like, head-to-head matchups so much as it is. They've been competitive when they've gone up against the league's class, right? They've been right. and and they've come out and outright won some of those games too. So it shows me like when they're at their best, they are just as good as the class of the league. And so therefore, I don't think Indiana or Miami or Toronto ranks as that. And so I'm not too worried about the Sixers. I know everybody, especially their fans, want to watch them put it together. And there's the natural tension of Joel and 
and Ben yeah. not not exactly fitting together as pieces uh, or complementing each other. But I just think, man, talent wise, it's just there, and I'm not, I'm still not panicked about them. Yeah, and I just like Philly should be better than they have been this year, but they're still to me better, right? Like they're still better than a lot of those teams, and so. Um, yeah, I think they're better than Indiana, than Indiana, and I think the people in Indianapolis need to calm down about it. All right, uh, more Philly-related stuff coming from Brian P. He says, Dearest Wozni and Sir Zach, while I'm not thrilled at the Sixers' placement, I see your logic and say, fine. I have accepted that this team is what you see. They will shine in national spotlight games and struggle when no one is looking. I know Fultz has only had a few breakout games and it's small sample size, but he shoots the ball. While Benjamin Simmons does not. I'm not saying we traded the wrong guy, but if Fultz keeps getting better, it will be a thing. This is your 20,000, I mean, 2019, 2020 Sixers, a mirage. You think you see the really good team and then they disappear. Let's fast forward to April and get out of the dog days of the season. Sincerely, Brian H.W. Poindexter. Brian H.W. Poindexter, I think you bring up a lot of good points. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Fultz thing, let's relax a little bit. I get it. It was a game against the Lakers, and because it's that last game, it's the game that everybody's watching, um, anybody who's still up anyway. And look, it's nice. We're, I'm happy that, that, that he's coming into his own and he seems to have gotten rid of the yips and all of that stuff. But my man Habistro pointed, at, pointed it out, and shouts at Tom Habistro of NBC Sports. That was his third 20-point game of the season. <laughs> right, and like, look, it's one game, but like, not that, that, that so that's it, like twenty points is some. That's not a crazy hurdle to clear. Like, it's happened three right. times in forty-five right. games, essentially, and it's a good story. But like, Ben Simmons just had a thirty-point triple double with five steals. Let's. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, it was the twentieth in NBA history. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to like be the wet blanket here or the moist yeah. socks in the rain. But like, I, you know, right. And relax. we've been very critical of Ben Simmons this year, right? Like we've been like, but you're. I, I certainly. That's have. too far. Yeah, that's too far. We're not comparing him to Fultz. There's no need for that. Okay, Pacers again. Rob F no. says, "Just keep putting the Pacers behind everyone. They'll keep I, just winning." Okay. <laughs> They'll just keep winning. I know. At the recording of this, it's a Tuesday. They got smoked by. They got a thirty piece. They got a crave case from White Castle. Um, they, Zach, <laughs> they lost by thirty in a game that their opponent turned the ball over twenty one times. Yeah, Pacers are decent. Te- like they're a good team. Yeah, it, they're good. They're yeah, not right? in the class of these other teams. Just, just the talent, talent wise, they're not there. Just, right, it, just, it, just it, top end talent. They have. So many guys who would be starters, who are starter-level players on their team, they don't have any stars whatsoever. Like, none. So let's just relax. I mean, Oladipo, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. And he's coming um, back from a... Shoot, man, it's about to be a full year since he got hurt. Am I... Am I or have, have, have we already surpassed no, the year mark of this? You, when is the last time he played? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is not, this was a devastating injury he suffered. And he's going to be coming back from that. So, you know, I get it. People are like, oh, our all-star isn't even here, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. he's going to come back. And, yeah, you know, we got to see. It's, but it's not a given that he's just going to start killing people. Was it's going to be, 
so he comes back Wednesday night, right? That's the reported game back for for Oladipo. Is he supposed to come back tomorrow night? That will be 364 days since he last played. Sheesh. He last played January 23rd um, of 2019 against the Raptors. That's when he got hurt. Mm. All right, Wayne so, yeah, S. It's going to take a bit. Wayne S. says, quote, no point guard that actively runs away from the ball in the fourth quarter should be an all-star. And I'm guessing he's talking about Ben Simmons. I, I don't it's know. Gotta be, yeah, it's got to be talking about Ben Simmons. And but I, it, to me, look, look, Embiid is clearly the best player on the team. He should be an all-star player. Um, I think Embiid's one of the best players in the league. I think he's one of the few guys who, like, you know, he impacts both offense and defense in, you know, important, incredible ways. He's he's one of the three best defenders in the whole NBA, in my opinion, when he's right. Uh, I, I, obviously, he belongs in the All-Star game. I think Simmons probably should be there. You he know. 100% should be there. Yeah. And like, I, like, are you and, putting, and, you putting and, Derrick and Rose over just, him? Are no. you putting Zach Levine over him? No. No. Like, no. And, 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 you know, I've been critical of him because, you know, we all had our own conceptions of the type of player that we thought he was going to be, right? Like upper echelon, upper crust, MVP candidate level type of guy. And he hasn't shown that. And it's been rare that he's shown even glimpses of that. So I understand the frustration, but the guy's an all-star. Especially when you consider what he does on a really consistent night-to-night basis on the defensive end. He's a killer on defense. devastating defender. He's a menace. Yeah, he's a devastating defender. Like, that alone could make him all-star worthy, let alone everything else he does. Now, with like, you and I have talked about this. You and I have been vocal about this. I don't want Ben Simmons on my team because he shies away in the fourth quarter the way he does, but I can still recognize he's a great player. And if he and if he was just, like, 30% more aggressive in fourth quarters, I'd be, like, all in. 100%. I'd be all in on him. Yeah. yeah. If he was if he was somebody who put his head down and just attacked the paint in the fourth quarter, I would like I wouldn't care. I don't I don't care. I wouldn't care about the defense. Like I I mean, excuse me, the three point shooting. I, I wouldn't care, yeah. but that's not what he does. Um Bill C says, speaking as a Celtics fan, the team is ranked too high at number 10. They are in free fall Whoa. right now, and it appears that Brad Stevens has stayed too long. I am adamantly, I am adam, adamantly opposed to Jason Tatum's all-star bid. He disappears in far too many games, especially when his shot is not falling early. He has not improved at all since his rookie season. And quote, no, that's not my burner account. Um, Bill C is just a, a, a disgruntled Celtics fan. <laughs> Wow, he threw a lot of heat at the Celtics there. Now they did go and beat the the Lakers last night by thirty two. Um, I wonder if I wonder if he feels a little differently this morning. But um, uh, but wow, yeah, that was a lot. It's been bad at points the past few weeks. There's no there's yeah, no two ways it about has. it. But look, man, they're shoveling guys in and out of this lineup all day. Uh, as far as Tatum, I I, I look, man, I I. I, I I'm tired of talking about it. His his his, <laughs> his shot selection to me at this point is about the only thing that's going to get way better and contribute to, you know, um, improving his efficiency in any meaningful way. I don't think he's going to become some killer offensive threat off the dribble, first step kind of guy anytime in the future. I don't think that's in the cards for him. Um, I, I love what he, I love the commitment that he's made on defense. You know, a lot of times we associate these gunner types with not caring on defense, and he's cared. And, you know, he has the tools. Like, he's a long-armed guy. His feet are quick, quick enough. 
Um, and he's instinctual enough that he's making plays on defense. So I like what he's doing in that respect. But, I, you know, I, look, the percentages are what they are. They've been down, all down from his rookie year as far as effective field goal percentage, true shooting, three-point percentage. Um, I think that his catch-and-shoot numbers are even down. I, I don't think that's indicative of the type of catch-and-shoot player that he ultimately is. I think he's a quality shooter. I just, you know, I, I just think as a wing, if you're not this incredible threat off the dribble, your value decreases some. I, I don't know if you would agree with that, Zach. Um, yeah, no, I I mean, I think his decision-making is questionable at times. And, um, like, he's a guy to me that should be attacking the basket a ton. He's a guy that should be getting the free throw line a ton. He shouldn't be avoiding contact. Uh, I'd love to see him as a high volume catch and shoot guy because I do think that jumper is really good um, in those situations and should be even better. But yeah, man, like I think he's played well enough and the East is weak enough to where there is a legitimate conversation about him being an all star, but not over Kemba, obviously, and not over Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is clearly the better player this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that many people understand that because. When you're watching the games with your naked eye, it's it's easy to get be, become enamored of the silky smooth jumper and the the fadeaways and the step backs. Yeah, it's and, it's aesthetically pleasing at times, right? Yes. Like you can get caught up in that. But Jalen Brown has been the more effective player, and you know the fact that he's made himself into a reliable catch and shoot guy, and he's mixing in the the off the bounce um pull ups. He's uh, and of course you know the defense has already been there. He's always been a threat at the rim. Uh, I, I I love Jalen Brown, man, and I'm I'm happy for him because he got that extension. That um, you know, it felt like Boston was hesitant at first. They didn't just fall all over themselves to give it to him, but he's come out and shown improvements. Like throughout the lifetime of that deal, he's going to be more than worth the expenditure. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the he was very vocal right I guess Buddy Heald was way more vocal way more um antagonistic but like it, it felt like Jalen Brown at times either through you know leaks to the media or I guess maybe himself a little bit it felt like it was a very antagonistic thing but now that that deal looks like a, like I mean, maybe steel is, is severe it looks like a good deal for both sides and I like Tatum's gonna get a max right like Tatum's gonna yeah. be a max player yeah man yeah. like Jalen's contract is going to look so much better, I think. And or I mean, Tatum could play his way into deserving the max or or justifying the max, but it won't be anytime Will soon. Will he be think. okay? Will Tatum be a credible second offensive threat on a championship level team? I think he has the ability. L- okay, let's I think just he has say the potential. L- let's just say you switched out this year's Tatum with Chris Middleton. Are they markedly better as a team? I don't, yes. I don't, you think so? I don't know. If if you put Middleton on the on the Celtics, no, I'm talking about are the Bucks better? Oh, are the I'm Bucks? Oh, oh no, 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 no. That's because what I'm saying. Because their does, Middleton does more, and Middleton yeah. is their second best offensive threat. Yeah, and if yeah, you yeah, is yeah. Jason Tatum as good as Middleton at what that job is? No. Would he be as good as Middleton at at that job? I don't think so. No. And so well, that's I, why well, I understand what you mean by like, man, that max deal is like, mm, mm. well, my, my, was. Here's another question on the other side of that. What are the odds that Jason Tatum becomes the next Andrew Wiggins? Oh. Oh. 
I, I don't yeah, know. We might I have just, just upset I, Boston there. That <laughs> might be severe. That might be severe. But Waz, which no, one do you think, think he's, he's more he's likely too, to become? I think his shooting is just so much more credible. That's true. That just off of that alone, I can't put him with Wiggins. Like, he's yeah. so much more reliable of shooter. And the diversity of type of shots that he gets off, you know, off the dribble and catch and shoot, off of off of screens. I just think he's a nah. I can't do that to him, even though I've been the most one of the most vocal and critical. Uh, you have uh, Tatum guys. I mean, you gotta be honest. I was I was really hoping to trap you there. Oh, I, was I was really like, hoping to trap you. I was like, oh damn, <laughs> damn. That would have been fun, but damn, not yeah, Wiggins. That was that was even too far. <laughs> okay, Christopher E says Nets fan here. Would love to see Dinwiddie as our all-star representative as he has contributed to us even being in the playoff picture at all. Kyrie simply hasn't played enough and hasn't had a chance to impact winning um, enough to be the all-star nod this year. Zach, if Kyrie makes it, I don't really see the problem. He's he's definitely one of the best players in the conference. He's obviously... (laughs) You know, he puts his, on a show. He's he made puts on a show. Game. I yeah. understand why he's in the All Star game. It's not, to me, you know, injuries be damned. Like he's clearly one of the best players in the conference. There's so, no so he, two ways about it. Yeah. So here's what's interesting to me is is last check he was up by like seventeen thousand votes on Kemba for that second spot in the in the East backcourt, which is not a lot. That's not a lot of votes, right? Like that's something that could easily be overcome. Um, but. That's only 50% of the vote. You still have the media vote and you still have the the players vote. Now, the media are not going to vote for Kyrie over Kemba. Media are ab- like I can tell you right now like I think Kemba gets yeah, that nod and I think Trey Young gets that nod. But happen. But to the players. The like, players love the, Kyrie. They love Kyrie, right? They love, they love Kyrie. Kemba too. And maybe they, they vote Kimba, those two they, over they Trey. They love Kyrie, bro. Like they love the players Kyrie, are man. obsessed with Kyrie. They all are. Um, Even all those dudes in Boston love him. They yeah. don't want to play with him anymore. They just everybody is awed by what Kyrie pulls off on the court. Like, and and I think with NBA players, what they value most is shit that they can't do. And so, like, that's what I think is going on with Kyrie. It's I think like I think Kyrie might end up in this all-star game. Despite missing like two thirds of the season so far. And if he and if he does, then I think there's no chance Spencer Dinwiddie makes it. Yeah, you can't have two nets. Come on, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> More sixes talk. Thomas O says it's not a huge surprise that Simmons is playing better basketball. And he put Simmons is playing better basketballs in quotations without Embiid in the lineup. That doesn't change the underlying problems, though. I have thoughts on this, Zach. I think. Yeah. The reason why this matters is seeing Simmons be extremely successful at all, I think, will have an impact even when Embiid does. Because it's like, all right, this is the scenarios we need to replicate. You know, let's see if we can replicate those scenarios when Joel Embiid is on the court. But we've seen what the context is for Ben Simmons to be the peak player that he can be. And now we have to work around making Joel fit into that context so that we can bring this out of Ben. When you don't see it at all, and so therefore you have no context, you can't picture it, that becomes a bigger problem to me. I think that what's good about this is the players on the team, the coaches, Joel himself, seeing the context under which Ben Simmons flourishes and and being a smart enough 
um, a team first enough type of guy to try to replicate that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I think that they, I think they needed that to a certain extent, you know, to your point of just like, all right, this is what it looks like for consistency with him. Right. Um, I think maybe the interesting thing to me is, uh, is that when, when Joel Embiid is by himself and there's no Ben Simmons on the court, I just, I just looked this up to confirm Embiid's a better playmaker, but he also turns the ball over a lot more and he shoots a lot worse. Like, like as much as we talk about the lane kind of getting clogged for Embiid or for Simmons with the two of them on the court together, Embiid's better. Like he's just better when, when Simmons is out there. And so, and he also fouls a lot less. Like, like I just, I think, I think, they do have a better balance. I wonder if maybe you see Brett Brown try to stagger some things a little bit more towards the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of maximizing Embiid, I think Simmons actually does need to be out there. In terms of maximizing Simmons, yeah, maybe Embiid not being on the court helps. And I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's the age old question is gonna is gonna come up so long as those two guys are on the team. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Lon S. says Malcolm Brogdon is more deserving of an all-star spot than Jalen Brown, whose stats are padded by playing for a better team. Brogdon leads the Pacers offense and is the defensive focus of every opponent, while Brown gets to shoot open three-pointers as teams try to stop Walker and Tatum. Brogdon is a converted shooting guard and became a top-10 assist guy with a better assist-to-turnover ratio than LeBron, Harden, Lillard, Simmons, Donkic, uh, Westbrook and Trey Young. Brown still has sl- slightly more turnovers than assists. A big improvement over um, a walking turnover. Brogdon has a better defensive rating than Brown, and that rating is lower than the overall team rating. A minus 1.8 differential. Brown's defensive rating's worse than the overall team, plus 0.9 differential. Brogdon has a positive on-off rating, while Brown is a negative. If Oladipo can regain his form, Indiana will have the best backcourt in the East and maybe have a shot at making a deeper playoff run. What say you, Zach Harper? Um, one, Brogdon's missed a little more time, right? Two, uh, Brogdon, not a guarantee he's going to love playing with Oladipo. I don't know what, like, this is a little underreported story or under talked about story of like Brogdon wanted to be the guy. <laughs> like he doesn't get to be the guy when Oladipo's back, right? He used yeah. to be for a little bit, but not, he doesn't really get to be that guy. So like, I'm not convinced that Brogdon and Oladipo are going to mesh perfectly. I'm just not like they, like his exit from Milwaukee was a little messy. It's just, no one really cared, but it was, it's not this smooth thing. So like, like Brogdon's really good. The Pacers are really good. If Oladipo can get healthy, he's really good, but I don't know that it's a guarantee. And like, I think Brown has been better this year. Like, don't give me defensive rating and all that. Like, you know, there are no good individual stats for defense. Okay. They just aren't. They're both really good defenders. Yeah. But these like, and I don't know that that like it has like to you be might as well throw with real plus mi- real plus minus at me, which is a garbage ass stat. Go ahead and put that in there too. Like you're I think all these Brogdon stats is playing at an all star level this season. I, I don't think I that agree, can but be, but if the Pacers only argued. get one, yeah, if the Pacers only get one, it, to me it's Sabonis. Sabonis has been better and he's played more. 
Yeah, I, I I would give it to Brogdon, but that's just I, it's like for the for, for the simple fact that it's like Sabonis is, has played really well, but it's like if Sabonis wasn't there this season, um, I still think you know Miles Turner and and Brogdon and them could figure it out. I think without Brogdon this season, that team is in the tank. That's just um, my opinion. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like Sabonis has played nine more games. That's the thing, right? Like, that's I, a, like I'm yeah, trying that's to a big chunk, man. That's that's a big that's a big chunk, and we're talking. Look, we're not talking about towards the end of the season when, like, we're talking the first half of the season. Played nine more games, and it may hold that it's only nine by the end of the season. But that's just we're talking with All Star. We're talking about who had the best two months, right? Like that's what All Star is. And to me, Sabonis has a, had a better two months because one, he's been on the court more, and two, he's just been really good. Like Brogdon has not been a good shooter this year, uh, other than the free throw line. Free throw line is ridiculous, but. He's like he's not a good. He's a below average three point shooter. He's a good player overall. He's closed a lot of games for them. He's been good, but I'll take the consistency in the guys who are on the court. Like that's how it is. Now you could also make the argument, and Trey Young screwing up this a little bit with the with the fan vote, but you can make the argument that all twelve All Star spots in the East should come from the top six teams in the East. Like you can make that argument. That each each team could get could get two, and then I think like, Trey Young your has All-Stars. been excellent, man. And I'm a, I'm in the tank for Trey Young. I can't lie. But if Same. he didn't make the All Star team, I wouldn't be that upset about it. Uh, we want to move quickly here as we're you know we're running up on time. But Paul Wise says, "Don't know why Bucks fans are mad at you. If this was ESPN, the Bucks rankings would always include a Giannis to LA rumor." But uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was funny. Samuel S says yeah, let's, the Knicks let's are better back, uh, than the. Wait, real quick. Let's let's get back to actually talking basketball and these things, right? Let's stop with this, like, oh, where's Giannis going to go? Let's talk real I mean, basketball. Yeah, and I'm not moved by that rumor mill stuff because so much stuff needs to happen before Giannis is. And I'm not even of the belief that Giannis not doing the extension this summer means he's not coming back. No, it's just like he, so much he things gets more can happen that. between now and whenever Giannis actually becomes an unrestricted free agent. So. I don't believe that the I don't think the Bucks need to put him on the trade market just if he doesn't sign the extension this summer. Yeah, you you know when I'll believe that Giannis is leaving and not taking a two hundred fifty six million dollars when he ends up in a different uniform. That's, That's it. when I'll believe it. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know why we need to entertain the Giannis stuff so much. Next thing yeah. I wanted to address, Zach, as Samuel S said. The Knicks are better than the Nets. Durant probably wishes he had nope. an MLB opt out so he could jump across the town next season. I just think this is funny. Uh, um, just Nick fans pounding their chests about like the what Nets kind of struggling out the block. KD's not playing. He's he's one of the five best players in the world. Like if they had KD right now, they'd be a much better team. Now, um, I'm of the same mind as our buddy Amin Zach that I think KD and Kyrie are going to ultimately hate playing with each other. But I don't think that's going to make them unsuccessful, right? In the way that Cleveland was still successful, even though Kyrie hated playing with LeBron. Right, um, and obviously I, I, they're I not going to be this. they're going to still be a successful team. Yeah, they're not going to be this good, but, like, KD didn't like playing in Golden State either, right? Like, KD just doesn't, right. doesn't like right, playing with right, anybody. Right, 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 like right. But he's just historically good. And so as he's long as he comes back healthy. He's going to be miserable, but they're still going to win a handful of games because the talent is just too high. Yeah, um, he's just a miserable person. Yes. Right? Like, and it's just, but he's historically great at basketball. Moving on to Jonah T. Jonah T says Tobias Harris has essentially the same averages as Jalen Brown and has been playing stellar defense all year. I don't no, understand hasn't. how Brown is a lock in your eyes and Harris is 
isn't a possibility without even looking at Tatum, who's been outplayed by both on both ends of the floor this season. Um, Jonah, Tobias Harris is not an all-star. He's not good at defense. You know how I know he's not an all-star? The man has a $200 million contract, and he never comes up when people talk about this team's struggles. <laughs> Nobody brings it up. Nobody brings up Tobias Harris when they're talking about what ails the Sixers. That's how I know he's not an all-star. He's You're a good player. After, he's, he's not an all-star. He's a good he's, player. And, yeah. and, and he's from New York City, so shouts to Tobias Harris. Of course, right. Of course, shouts but, to New York and exactly. Tobias Harris. But, but, um, no, but, but he's, he's not an all-star. I'm sorry. No, was. He's been okay on defense this year because they hide him. Right. They put him on the worst offensive player constantly. Like, he's not a good defender. And it's okay because they have four really good defenders on the court with him at all times. Okay, I'm going to try to... I think we only got... Okay, hold on. All right, we can just, we can just um, end on, on these guys um, all right. on these last three. They're, they're, they're all pretty funny. Okay, one, two, three. Thomas P. says, after a month of reading, I figured out your shtick. When somebody says shtick, you know something stupid uh-huh. is about to come afterwards. Each week, put a team up very high that doesn't deserve it in in the least, and then uh, in the least to be in that spot. This week, Toronto. And place a couple of teams far lower than they deserve. Ma- master of the clickbait. Seriously won't be returning since you don't have respect for serious fans. Seriously. Um, end quote. Sir? First of all, stop calling yourself a serious fan. That's just stupid. It just lacks self-awareness. It's just, you sound dumb. Second, if you were some serious fan, you would present an argument. <laughs> present a counterpoint. Present why you think such, some team should be somewhere and some team shouldn't be. That's what serious people do. They make also, arguments. They present ideas. They present facts. They don't do what you just did. Also, was if you put... You're not going to criticize the work I do and the writing I do when you put the word serious in some form three times in the same sentence. Seriously won't be returned since you don't take serious fans seriously. Dog, get a thesaurus. Ah, okay. Um, (laughs) Jay, like that one. (laughs) And we we get two more. Uh, Scott L. says... You dared the Cavs to get that 29th spot above the Knicks. No, thank you. We'll keep that 30 spot with a 20-point <laughs> blowout loss and go home with our heads held high. I love Cavs fans this year. I really it's do. Just, um, and number and in and, and our last last comment of the week, thank you guys again, all of the comments. All of the people who are reading the power rankings every week, we appreciate your patronage. We love it. We love the feedback. Thank you again. But Jason B is taking us home this week with his quote, I wish I gave a shit enough to get angry at power rankings column. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. Thank you, Jason. Thank, Thank you, you, Jason B. B. Thanks to Waz. Check out his uh, Dripper Drown style rankings on The Athletic. Thanks for uh, subscribing to The Athletic. Thanks for reading the, the power rankings. Thanks for being angry at the power rankings or not giving a shit enough to be angry but still commenting on the power rankings. Uh, for Waz, if I'm Zach Carver, for Jade Hoy, this has been Rank It Overreact. You got the power to let power go. 